Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Colonial Church, Nathan Finocchio here. Love you guys, miss you guys. Bummed that I can't be with you right now, but hey, I'm with you in video and hope you guys are doing well. You're in Florida, you're in St. Augustine, could be worse places. I'm sure it's gonna be pretty hot right now. But hey, you've got Matt and you got Jill and you got the whole team there and you got your church family and we're gonna have a good time this uh, this weekend. So I'm gonna jump in to this message. This message is called Faith. And um, if you are taking notes, you can just call it Faith. And I'm gonna just pray for a moment and then we're gonna get into this message. All right. Father, thank you for your church. Thank you for Colonial Church in St. Augustine. Thank you for what they're doing. Thank you for Matt and Jill and the whole team there. And God, I thank you um, that you are working in Colonial Church. Even when we don't see it, you're moving. Even when we don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. So God, we thank you for that. And Lord, I just lift up every single person right now that needs a word from you. God, I ask you that you would speak clearly, that you would speak clearly in the coming days. And Lord, I thank you that you are going to lead and you're going to guide in this season and in the seasons to come and the days to come. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, I grew up in a charismatic church. Okay, We're talking capital C charismatic, borderline charismaniac. We're talking open mic prophecies we're talking conga lines we're talking three-hour services you know with the long jam band worship services we'd we'd sing two songs for an hour easily and it was wild days we believed in faith we believed in miracles we believed in the supernatural we were always kind of extended that way for the supernatural and we use the word faith quite often we talk about faith songs, faith messages, faith prayers, faith living. We used to sing a song called, I walk by faith each step, by faith to live, by faith. We'd sing about faith. We would stir up our faith and we'd extend our faith and we'd do a lot of faithy things. And to be quite honest with you, I never really understood what faith meant because my experiences didn't necessarily line up what we would talk about. So today I want to kind of bring a bit of clarity to this. I, I was obsessed with the concept of faith because of the environment, that faith environment that I grew up in. I remember my parents used to take us as a family to this place called Chesley Lake Family Camp. Because when you're a weirdo Christian, you do things with other weirdo Christians together, like take vacations together in a family camp. Anyways, uh, so we would go there every summer and every summer I would be on the dock of Chesley Lake and it would be probably about August and it's hot and I remember sitting on the dock and at some point during the two weeks three weeks that we were there I'd put my feet on top of the water right my feet are just kind of grazing the top of the water sitting on the dock and I would like think of okay I'm gonna 
I'll be so sick if I could just be like Peter and just walk on water and every single summer <laughs> I would get soaking wet. Turns out that I had a prof in Bible college that used to do this all the time. I, used to th I thought I was the only one. And I had a prof in Bible college that's like, yeah, I used to do that too, you know. It's, I think, somewhat of a, that's like, that's the faith story, like that story of Peter. And I think that that's pro probably par for the course with a lot of people who grew up in charismatic circles, Pentecostal circles, people who believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and believe God for great things. But sometimes we don't understand what faith is, and so we try to accomplish faith acts um, without real faith. Matthew 17, 20, you throw this one, this verse, verse in the mix, you'd probably be familiar with it, but it's the passage where Jesus is talking about having faith the size of a mustard seed. And if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Probably heard that one before. I remember as a kid at Sunday school, just to demonstrate, because once again, this is like that, this story, this myth, this Matthew 17, 20 parable story, Jesus talking about faith, it's so uh, ingrained in our charismatic identity that at Sunday school, we'd give kids little packets of mustard seeds just so that that thought came home, that if you just have faith, this, this little bit of faith, you can say to this mountain, be removed. And we really believe that we taught that. But I never moved any mountains and I couldn't walk on water. And so the concept of faith was lost on me because we'd use these passages as our sort of North Star when there were other passages that we probably should have used and would have brought a lot less confusion, discouragement, disappointment, and would have brought a, a certain measure of clarity. Uh, when I heard faith taught, it was usually too formulaic. For example, like if you just believe these things, if you cast out doubt, it's sort of like an optimist, um, an op a blind optimism type thing where it's like, if you just, you need to watch your confession. So if you just confess these things, you confess right things and then realize your authority as a believer and then you just decree and declare the things that you should decree and declare because God created everything and then God created humans and God created everything by the word of his mouth and human beings are made in his image. And so we can create, you know, like there's, there's the book of Proverbs, the life, uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue, right? So like the concept being that if you just declare things, you can create them and they can manifest, etc. It's sort of like a new, it's like a Christian spiritual uh, new age weird thing. And, you know, it's just say the right things, you know, and, and say them properly. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, Leviosa and, uh, or the teaching would be a bit too nebulous. So it'd be very kind of biblical, but it, I, like it, it, the concept would still remain lost. And I remember for years wondering what the heck faith was because the Bible talked about faith constantly, but I felt like there's just lack of clarity. And so I began to study it and gosh, I think I've been studying it for the last 10 years. And so this is a message that's sort of 10 years in the making and we're gonna speak it in 20 to 25 minutes. So Hebrews 11 is sort of a, a, another one of those Matthew 17, 20, you know, faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains, you know, so if I just have faith, you know. Um, Hebrews 11 is the hall of faith. It's all the people that did these wonderful things and they, 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 they worked in faith and it opens up like this, Hebrews 11, chapter 1. I probably heard it preached 20 different to uh, times, 20 different ways, but it goes like this, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. 
And to be quite honest with you, when I read that, I feel like I'm reading Shakespeare at times. It's, it's a bit difficult to understand. If you don't understand the context of Hebrews 11, and you don't understand that Hebrews 11 is in the book of Hebrews, and the big message of the book of Hebrews, that message, just that verse just quoting it, can mean pretty much anything, right? So a, a text without a context is a pretext. You can make it say whatever you want. So um, what is the book of Hebrews about? The book of Hebrews is about a bunch of people who are thinking about leaving Jesus because they can't touch and feel Christianity, but they can touch and feel Judaism. And Christianity is costing them their money, their relationships, everything. So the message of the book of Hebrews is don't neglect the things that you've heard. Don't put weight on the things that you can touch. Put weight on the things that you've heard. Because that's how faith comes in Romans chapter 10. We're going to get to there in a second. And then um, the book of Hebrews deals with all the things that can be touched, but shows that they don't work. And that Jesus is... He, the priesthood, Jesus' priesthood is a better priesthood. Jesus is a better Moses. Jesus is better than the angels. Jesus is better than the old covenant. Jesus is better than anything you've got to offer. He's a better sacrifice. He's a better everything. So that's the message of the book of Hebrews. And then it says this, faith is the substance of things hoped for. As in, um, the children of Israel were hoping for a promised land. But in Hebrews chapter 3, it says that they died in the wilderness of unbelief. They didn't make it to the promised land. So how do you make it to the promised land? Okay, so, so let's, let's dive a little deeper. I hope you guys don't mind this, but let's dive a little deeper. So think about this. The children of Israel saw the greatest signs and wonders that ever happened. And ever happened. Greater than any mountain being moved, okay? They saw the ten plagues. Right? Remember, like, the, the Nile turned to blood. You guys remember the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston and Yul Brenner, Best movie ever. Or maybe you know the Prince of Egypt. Great songs. It's a great, it's good vibes. So you remember the, the plagues, and you remember the angel of death, and you remember the hail, and the frogs, and the locusts, and intense. And then, you know, the Egyptian armies come after them, and... The Red Sea opens up and Israel passes through and then it just crashes down. It's, it's insane. And you got Mount Sinai and God carves the Ten Commandments with his finger. And, and you've got a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. It's insane. Like God shows up and shows off. And the same people who experienced God's deliverance and saw all of these crazy manifestations of the presence of God and the power of God according to Hebrews chapter 3, died in the wilderness of unbelief. Died in the wilderness of unbelief. So we can conclude that faith doesn't come by what you see. Faith comes by what you hear. It doesn't come by what you see. It's not even helped necessarily by what you see. There are demons in James, in James chapter 2. There's demon faith. There's, people who, there's demons who have seen God. They know that he exists, but they don't trust him. And so what is God after? He's after a people that will trust him and live by his words. Pay attention to the things that they've heard, lest they slip away. So that's the big, the big takeaway here. Now, in Hebrews 11, the reason why Hebrews 11 is saying faith is the substance of things hoped for, because faith isn't all about now. It's 
about what's to come as well. Paul says this in, in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, now, uh, now abide faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, and love are like the three core tenets of the Christian uh, faith. Love has to do with the now part of Christianity. It has to do with you know, loving your neighbor and loving God. It's, it's, it's totally in the now. It's your behavior and your posture towards others and God. Faith has to do with the now and the then, as in like um, when Christ comes back and the promises that God has promised us and the resurrection and new heavens and the new earth and the good things to come and right pleasures at God's right hand forevermore and there's no tears and our healing, etc. That's the then, right? So you have love, which is now. You have faith in the middle, which is like it's now, but it's also dealing with hope. Um, and then you have hope, okay? Hope has to do, it's eschatological. It has to do with all of the things that God's promised, it's, it's, the, it's dealing with the then. So you got, you got love, which is dealing with now. You got faith, which is dealing with now and then. And then you have hope, which is entirely dealing with then, okay? So th three distinct dealings of, in time periods, if that makes sense. When you unhitch faith from hope, because faith has, it, 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 it has to do with now, but it also has to do with promises that are, are going to come things that God's wanting to do in your life, etc. And this is a mistake that people have made. When you unhitch faith from hope, you create an idol or an idolatry of the immediate to the oblivion of the ultimate, of what God wants to do in your life. I think that a lot of our teaching on faith, because it's been all about the now. God, I want a Cadillac Escalade now. I want the spinning reels now. God, I need that mansion now. I got faith for that now, because now faith is the, you know what I mean? It's all about now, 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 now. But when the definition of faith pops up in Hebrews 11, it goes, faith is the evidence of things hoped for, okay? So you can't unhitch faith from hope, because it's not totally now. It's, it's, Partly now, but it's also the then. And so what does that mean? It means that it means that we have to listen to what God is saying. And it, it's about God's plans to come. And it's not all about what you want now. Because faith doesn't come by hearing. Faith, uh, sorry, faith doesn't come by what you see. Faith comes by hearing and hearing a word of Christ, Romans 10, 17. So Romans 10, 17 sort of needs to be our main verse. It's our main text for all of our understanding of faith. Romans 10, 17 says this. Now that the context, interestingly, of Romans 10, 17, if you read Romans 10, 16, it's about preaching. And then Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through a rhema of Christ, is the Greek word. And the idea is that people, when they hear the word preached to them, they can hear Jesus speaking to them. And it's not just a written word. You can get a, you can, a rhema is a quickened word. Um, it's a kind of a now word. Uh, it's something that comes at you in real time. Sort of like this message. This message is a rhema word maybe for you today. And the logos is the written word, the scriptures. And you can get a rhema from the logos. Absolutely. Um, two different Greek words that describe word, rhema being spoken word and logos being written word. But right here in this context, Romans 10, 17, the idea is that Jesus wants to speak to you and he wants to speak to you things now. And the Bible, well, it's the measure of all of Jesus's speech, the Holy Spirit's speech towards us. The logos, the written word of God, 
God also wants to speak to you in the now. Okay, like God wants to speak to you about maybe your relationship. Maybe he wants to speak to you about a, a future strategy. God wants to speak to you about his love for you. God wants to speak to you about a number of things, possibly, because Psalm 139 says that he has so many thoughts towards you that it's like the sa- it's like trying to count the sand of the of the on a beach. You know, go out to St. Augustine Beach and try to try to try to count the sand. It's impossible. That's how many God thoughts that God has towards you. And the idea here is that faith comes when the God thought comes towards you. Faith doesn't originate with you. Once again, you know, Lord, I just I want a boat and it needs to be eight, 18 people need to be able to sleep on it. And I got faith for it. Okay, so you can have faith for whatever God has said because that's how faith works. Faith comes by hearing. It doesn't originate with you. Um, it doesn't begin with you. It begins with God. That's the major revelation. That's the paradigm shifter today. The shift is that you can have faith for what God has said to you. And what God hasn't said to you, you can't have faith for it. You can pray for it. You can ask for it. You can have prayers of hope. And hope does not disappoint because it's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And God is your Father. And who else should you be asking? They, of course, In fact... I get, it bothers me when Christians are like, you know, don't treat God like Santa Claus. Well, I don't, but I treat him like my dad. When I was a kid, I'd ask my dad for stuff. And the fact that you ask God for things actually shows that you're a son or you're a daughter and that you have a relationship. So I say, go ahead and ask the Lord for whatever. But in terms of faith, we can't get faith confused because faith makes things happen and it works in God's divine economy. And faith isn't all about you. It's about what God wants to accomplish through you and bring through you. And so that's kind of what we're talking about today. Because I think that we need, as a church and as a people, we need fresh faith for what God wants to see. That we, be, we can become Christians who are in that hall of faith. Hebrews 11. People who, if you look, by the way, through Hebrews 11, every single one of them got a word from God. Noah got a word from God, a specific word from God. And he built specifically according to his calling. The faith that he had because you can't have faith except when God speaks. When God speaks, you can have the faith for that, right? Abraham got a word from God and Abraham walked it out. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't batting a thousand, but he got there, right? If God's spoken to you that he wants you to live holy, you can have faith for that. Maybe some of you have been, you know, God, like I I feel called uh, to have some... an increased uh, experience of sanctification in my life. But I've had some failures and some frustrations and I haven't been, you know, like I haven't killed it. And sometimes I feel kind of disappointed, discouraged, and I feel like giving up. And the word of the Lord to you today is that if God said it, you know, that because the Bible says that this is the will of God for you, your sanctification, man, you can have faith for that. God, you've said it, you've spoken it over me. And I know that I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if God, you're calling me to that, I can have faith for it. And I know that when you speak something, this is the cool thing about faith, is that when God speaks a word to you, he doesn't just speak that word. And then he's just, hasta mañana, buddy. You're like, you know, do well and, and you know, just work that out in, in, your, own, in your own strength. Now, Faith is accompanied by grace. It's accompanied by divine enablement. God will help you do what he's called you to do. There's grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 
And, he, and the, part of the way that Noah found grace was that he'd received that word. And then there was grace for him to build that ark and withstand all the mocking and the persecution um, and the discouragement. And where's the rain, God? You know, imagine building an ark 75 years into it. And you're just like, okay, this is starting to look ridiculous. For 75 years, Lord, you haven't answered your word. Maybe some of you feel like that today, where it's like you got a word from God and you feel like Noah and you know you're you're getting you're you're 75 years in the making you're going god where is the rain god where is your promise but there's faith in you and you've lived your life out some of you maybe you need to go back to the places where god has spoken to you go back to the places go go back to words that you received in your youth maybe a word that you received in your 20s or your 30s and you just go, Lord, I'm coming back to this word. You spoke this over me and I'm going to believe this word and I can believe it and I can have faith for it because I know that it's something that you spoke to me. See, people who understand faith don't put the, they don't put, the impetus isn't on you to act or perform or do whatever. They put it back on God. God, you spoke it. You perform your word, right? Abraham, when he made his mistakes, he got a word from God that, that there's gonna the seed's gonna come and it's gonna the seed's gonna come through Sarah. Okay, the promise is gonna come through Sarah. But Abraham tried to he kind of fell in love with the promise. The promise actually became an idol. Crazy thing about idols is that even a God promise can become an idol. And then you begin to try to make it happen in your own time and your own strength. But see, God is the promise keeper. And if he's promised it, he'll bring it to pass, but he'll bring it to pass in his own timing. And so what we need to do is just go, okay, God, I have faith for it. I'm going to walk the way that you want me to walk because I know that you're going to fulfill your word, kind of walk confidently, if that makes sense. But that's how faith works. It doesn't, once again, it doesn't start with you. It begins with God. Faith is helped by God, um, but it doesn't start with you. So once again, biblical faith is a response to something. When, you, when the world talks about faith, they're just like, you know, leap of faith. You ever heard somebody say that? Just gonna take a leap of faith. Um, as in like, I don't know if there's anything there, but I'm just gonna go for it. Um, or, you know, maybe like blind faith. It's just, it's just blind faith. Well, there's an aspect that we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. But biblical faith is a response to something that's been said, right? So Christianity is a response to a living, the, a person, we call Jesus the Logos, the Word. And it's a response to his Word, the Logos, as a rhema. Jesus has some words for you. God loves you. He wants to lead you, guide you. In fact, it's a mark of being a daughter or a son, according to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 says that, hey, you, you, were, you didn't receive the spirit of fear. You received the spirit of adoption, by whom you cry out, Daddy, Father. And the Spirit bears witness. And those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and the daughters of God. Right? So, um, so to bring that around... Faith is a response to a person who has begun a work in you and that person is speaking to you and it's, you're not going off in some blind direction. You know, Peter didn't take a, uh, Peter, Peter took a faith step, uh, but he was responding to Jesus. Jesus told Peter, Peter, come out on the water. And, they, and, and, and by the way, Jesus didn't call the other ones in the boat, right? In fact, Jesus told the other ones to get in the boat. So they were having faith in the boat. But Jesus said to Peter, all right, Peter, come on out. And then Peter took that faith step and he responded to Jesus's words. And that's why he was able to do the supernatural, because he was responding to Jesus's words. 
Remember that story I was telling you about how when I was younger, got my, my feet off the dock and, you know, and I'd get splashy wet. There are a lot of Christians who are copying presumptively the faith acts of other people who are called by God, who have heard a word from God. And this is a great danger. And this is how you can get super discouraged and disappointed because you play the comparison game um, where God hasn't spoken to you about something. But you think that, okay, this, well, this is what a Christian life is supposed to do, or this is what they did, and so I'm going to do that. It's, it's, this, it's akin to getting your feet you know, off the dock and just going, well, you know, God called Peter to walk on water, so why can't I? And you're just going to live a soaking wet, disappointed life. Find out what God is saying to you. So there's, see, there's less pressure on you to try to do stuff. Faith isn't like, oh, I just got to believe. I can't be negative. Oh, I just got to believe. You know, like Jedi mind tricks type vibes. That's not faith. Faith is going, Lord, I know you speak to me. I believe that you speak to me. And God, would you just, I'm going back to your words. And maybe you're like, I don't feel like maybe the Lord's ever quickened anything to me. Well, then just ask him. It's your right. If you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, then the Lord can lead you and guide you and speak to you. But that's what faith is. Faith is less about what you can do for the situation. Remember, Jesus is saying it's, it's the size of a mustard seed. If you can do that, we can, we can move mountains. So size isn't your problem. Some of you are like, my confession's been bad this week, so that's why God's not blessing my business. No, it's not. <laughs> You're not. Some of you think that you can limit God that way. And it's just, it's just bad teaching. And I'm just going to, I want to wrap this bad boy up, but I want to give you a couple thoughts on that. Because I really believe that God does what God wants to do because he's big, he's, he's, big, he's powerful, and he loves you. And he's not looking for huge faith. God's not looking for um, perfection. He's looking for a pulse. Mark 9, 24, there's this guy that Jesus comes in and Jesus is going to heal his son. And he's like, what do you want me to do? Can you heal my son, Lord? And Jesus is like, okay, um, you know, I'll, you know, uh, I'm going to heal him, um, you know, be it unto you according to your faith. And, and this guy goes, Lord, I believe. But then he goes, help my unbelief. <laughs> it's one of my favorite passages because I feel like that's me. I'm going, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I'm like, Lord, I believe you. I know that you're able and I, I believe in you, but I have some serious questions. Like, are you going to come through for me? Are you going to come through for me in this season? Are you going to lead me? Are you going to guide me? Are you just like not seeing my struggles and not seeing? And I, you know, God, I, I you know that I believe in you, uh, but I just like, man, I'm struggling in my prayer department because it, like, yeah, like I do lack faith. And, and you know, like, and the, pr the prayer is, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. See, I don't think that Jesus is intimidated. In fact, in this passage, Jesus heals the boy, okay? But the guy's just kind of open and, and honest. And I think that every Christian can fall safely in that category. We're going, Lord, I believe. Also, help my unbelief. Lord, help me to pray those prayers and really believe you for things because I, I'm struggling over here. Jesus isn't intimidated by like that. Some of you are thinking that you're going to miss God, you're going to miss his will, and you're going to, you know, things aren't the way they're supposed to be or they're not going to be they're supposed to be because you have negative thoughts and you have negative confessions at times, you know, and you know, you're beating yourself up and you're wondering if you're going to miss Jesus and that's not the case. Four times 
in the Gospels. Four times Jesus says, you of little faith. And every single time, Jesus still performed the miracle. Listen to that again. There's four times in the New Testament that Jesus is like, you pathetic loser. You have no faith. You suck. And, and every single time, Jesus still performed the miracle. How awesome is Jesus? Jesus isn't looking at you going, you just, you know what? You were this close. No, because that was all you needed. You only needed faith the size of a mustard seed. And Jesus is rolling up his sleeves and going, I can work with this. There's a passage um, in Mark 6. And I think this passage has got too much airtime. And this is a passage that I'm coming at today. This passage kind of goes like this. Jesus is, by the way, he's in his hometown of Nazareth. And people begin to recognize him. Oh, he's a carpenter kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now Jesus is sort of in, in ministry mode. He's in beast mode now. And so there's a bunch of people who are hating on him because they're just like, what? You know, like the carpenter kid? You know, that dude isn't God. You know, that dude isn't a, a rabbi. He's just a carpenter. Like, you know, like, no, why follow this dude? And it says, uh, Mark says, he couldn't perform any miracles there. Another passage says that he couldn't perform, perform any great miracles there. But Mark says, except lay his hands on a few of the sick. Just a few of them. Can you imagine if I come next time I'm, I'm in St. Augustine and I'm preaching and then I go, hey, you in the wheelchair, just get up. And the guy's just like, okay. You know, gets up. And then you, the cast, just tear it off of him. Do a lap around just to prove everybody. Yep. You with cancer, it is no more. You know, like you guys would think that heaven had come down to earth, right? So for whatever reason, though, we look at this and we go, see, Jesus couldn't perform any miracles because there's people here that hate him. You know, like, you know, and your faith, you know, negativity and lack of faith can totally shut down the work of God. It's like, are you not seeing, are you not seeing the same passage? Jesus still ministered. The point of this passage is not that my, that a lack of faith shuts God down. The point of the passage is that God doesn't show up to people who don't want him around. That's the, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like uh, if somebody came up to you and they're just like, hey man, we don't want you to come to my birthday party. And you're just like, I wasn't planning, I didn't even know it was your birthday. And uh, you know what I mean? It's like, well, don't come because I don't like you and you suck, right? Like, obviously you're not gonna show up to that party. That's the point of this passage. The point of the passage is that if there's a table when you're going, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Jesus is coming to that party every single time. But Jesus isn't showing up to like the dogmatic atheist on Facebook who's just like, Christians suck and I hate him. The devil's all, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, shocking, shocker. Jesus isn't showing up to that. But in terms of a believer, a Christian, oh, ye of little faith. Yeah, Jesus loves you. And Jesus is going to do what Jesus is going to do. He's only looking for the size of a mustard seed faith. God works in places where he's welcome. And I know this about Colonial Church in St. Augustine, that the Holy Spirit is welcome in your church. I remember the last time we were there together and the, the power of God was so there. His presence was so incredibly felt. You guys love to worship and you press in. I believe that God's, there's a lean in from the Spirit of God in your church and in your family and in your home that God wants to show up and work in the place that he's welcome. Would you just pray this prayer with me as I close and I turn this over to Matt and Jill? Just pray this prayer with me. I'm going to say it and then you just repeat it after me. It's a really simple prayer. 
Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief. Let's do that one more time. Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief. God bless you, you guys. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.